Welcome to the Crystal Clear Podcast. My name is Crystal Stafford, and today we're going to be talking further on parent-led education. Uh, We previously did two segments or two episodes on parent-led education, and today is episode three about this topic. I'm going to be taking segments from my book. It is an upcoming book, Liberated Learning, and it will be available on Amazon in a few short weeks. So let's get to it. Um, Last time when we were talking about parent-led education, we were talking about some of the history of the American school system and going over that change and that progression for the last 200 years or so and how it started out and then what happened during that time and what it is like now and how the differences of what it started out and to what it is now and how they're very different. So if you missed that episode and you want to know more about what the original intention was for the people who began the um, private school system, which was the public school system, uh, it was originally a private school system. Um, If you want to hear that, that would be episode two and episode one of parent-led education. So today for number three, um, we're going to get into more practical Um, practical information that you can use in your day-to-day life at home. And we're going to be talking about a couple of things. We're going to talk about my family, what we do in our house, what a day of school looks like for us, uh, what our daily routine looks like, and how we simplify with having six children, how we simplify that process for everyone involved. It's a really interesting and helpful process. system that we have called the buddy system and who holds the power of the culture. So those are some topics that we're going to discuss today. So starting with my family, um, with us, we use a curriculum that grows with us and changes with us every year. Um, we have added in new things every year as we go along. Uh, we are flexible, you know, it's not a concrete thing. You see what goes well with your family, and you keep that, and then you um, adjust and you grow with it. So we are in our 16th year of home education or parent-led education, and we have six children at home. So when we first started out, I looked over several different options, uh, what I wanted to choose for curriculum, which curriculum just means what materials are you going to use, what books are you going to use to teach your kids. A curriculum might sound like a big word, but it's really a simple word. And it just means which kind of books, you know, what kind of books, which uh, company are you going to get your books from? So after I looked over some different ones, I decided that I liked Abeka, which is A-B-E-K-A. And the reason I liked Abeka was because I had already been very familiar with those books growing up. I used them in school. And so I got to... Thankfully, I got to go to a private school when I was a kid in my hometown. Um, I talked about that early on in the first homeschooling episode that I did. Um, But I got to go to a school that was based on their curriculum, had a Christian worldview. It did not have the secular uh, or agnostic or naturalist um, worldview, no atheism, none of that. And so... Becca was a curriculum that I was already familiar with, and it had the best character stories and the best character examples. 
And being that character is one of the main goals that we want for our kids. And then it also has the worldview that I wanted to teach my children, which was the Christian worldview. And so I chose that um, curriculum or book set by Abeka. So when we first started out, we used Abeka. And in a later episode, we will talk more about um, the academic portion of our day. But right now, I want to tell you that there are actually five parts to learning. And most people, I think, most people would say they only think of one thing when they think of learning. Um, That would be, you know, academics. And that is, if you had a pie and you cut that pie into five pieces, academics would only be one piece of that pie. So every day, we have five different pieces of the pie called learning that we use to teach our kids. Um, Number one is character training activities. And I'll talk more about that in a minute. Um, Number two is nature exploration. Uh, There's no better classroom that I can think of than the observation that comes with nature. Uh, Number three is academic learning. That's books. We use books to learn what the generations before us valued and what they found to be valuable. Um, Nature is a classroom to learn what books do not teach us. So number three is academics. Number four is musical learning. Musical knowledge is a beautiful type of work all on its own that teaches the brain so much that nothing else will. Um, It's an actual language of its own. And then number five is an individual element, which means what the child is good at, what the child is gifted at, what the child loves to do, what they're good at, part of their purpose. So I'll say those one more time. Number one, character training activities. Number two, nature exploration. Number three, academics. Number four, musical learning. Number five, individual element. These are what we base our daily routine upon. So this is our preference. This is our option, and I'm sharing it with you because every family uses these things in different amounts, like the pieces of the pie that I told you about. And the size of each part or each piece is up to you and your child. You can decide for yourself when you make the rules. You get to decide how much percentage of your day goes to each thing. So also, as a side note, I always want to make it clear that I am not anti-school. I am for reforming the school system into something that benefits children as individuals and has parental control. Um, Parental control is super important because the control of the schools need to be local, uh, not federal. And so there needs to be um, local parental control over all the aspects of the school. Um, And definitely parents need to be involved in the leadership of the board and the leadership of like the teaching and all this. Um, But children as like being taught in in a school, children need to be taught as individuals. They don't need to be taught as a uniform group of kids. So that's my take on that. But I am very grateful for the education that I received When I was a child, I went to a private school, like I said, 
and my hometown. And I'm very grateful for that because the teachers and the administrators that were in that school in my town taught me the fundamentals of life and worldview and biblical knowledge. And they gave me a very strong footing for who I am today. And I'm very grateful for that. And I do not minimize that at all. So I very much appreciate those people who poured into my life as a child. So moving on from the five different pieces of our daily routine that we just talked about, um, I would like to give you a word about seasons of the year. So one of the many benefits um, to home educating is that you can choose your own summer break. So typically, you know, when we were all children um, in the school system, they would end the school year around May the 20th, May the 25th. And just when the weather in Texas started getting super hot and, you know, like nobody wanted to be outside, um, that's when summertime would start, summer break from the schools. So June, July, and August would be summer break and nobody ever wanted to go outside because it was like 100 degrees literally here where we live. And so we're, we live in South Texas where the summer feels like Hades and you can fry an egg on the sidewalk. It's that hot. And so we choose to have our summertime or our vacation season in the cooler months of the fall and the spring when the kids are very eager to be outside and all they want to do is go out and feel how good the weather feels and the breeze. And it's like 65 to 75 degrees outside all day long. And so they stay outside all day on those weather days for weeks because that's our, you know, summer break, which is, you know, really in, you know, the other months of April and May and then the fall month of October. So instead of taking off in June, July, and August, which you do not have to do, um, that's the standard school break. We do schoolwork throughout the June, July, August and then we enjoy being outside in the spring months and the fall. It's so pleasant. Um, you get to pick when you want to take a break. Whenever you make the rules, it's up to you. So that's one of the beautiful benefits of parent-led education. So another question is what is required uh, whenever you are educating at home? And some people want to know where can they find a list of classes or subjects that have to be completed for each grade. And so the basic subjects can be found easily on any book website, any curriculum website. Um, it can be found on the state education website. But I go to hslda.org, which is Homeschool Legal Defense Association.org. But it's the abbreviated version, hslda.org. And they have all the information that you need for any question on home education for state class requirements. They have abundant information, more than you need, and it's just an amazing website. So I'll tell you here, for those of you who just want to hear it from me, um, these are the basic courses. So math is a required course. And English, which is grammar, spelling, and reading, is required. And then government or citizenship in high school is required. <clears throat> but you might be surprised to know that history is not required. It is recommended, but it is not required. 
uh, in the state of Texas. And then science is not required, but it is recommended because if your student or your child wants to go to a uh, college or a university, those colleges and universities will require an entrance transcript with history and science. So it's a good idea to include it. You certainly don't have to, but for me, uh, we want our children to know history. We want them to know science um, so that they can be well-rounded and prepared for life. So we have added a few extra subjects to the core list of requirements because we want them to have knowledge in certain things. One of those areas is online program called Rosetta Stone. It is a Spanish online immersion program and it's excellent. It's amazing. Um, it's not like any other Spanish program I've ever seen. So they teach um, children to understand the language through sound recognition and picture recognition through visual graphics, which are really amazing. Um, the kids do really well with that. So another class we've used is a standard typing program in their elementary years we did this and it was called all the right type plus and it's in the format of a game so they really love that because they learned to type on a computer with the format of a game and they totally thought it was just a game and they, they weren't learning so it was even better um so my children also <clears throat> in elementary school we have them do two years of music and they can pick an instrument and all of them chose at the very beginning to start out with a piano. So they took two years of piano lessons and I just wanted them to be able to learn to read music because of all the things that I have studied and read about the brain and the brain development coming from music ability and music practice and understanding how to read music. It creates a higher capacity in the brain for knowledge and for learning. So I just wanted them to have that benefit. And then after the two years, if they don't want to continue doing it, they don't have to. But it did benefit all of them uh, greatly. Most of them have continued to play the piano, and some have gone on to play other instruments as well, like guitar, violin, ukulele. So your children, you know, they, they can have their own preference for what you want to do for an extra activity for them. It does not have to be music. It's just what we like and what we prefer um, in our family. So it's not necessary um, if you feel like something else is better. Feel free to introduce them to courses that they would enjoy and that, that would benefit them. Um, another question I have, have received is, what made me originally decide to homeschool my kids? So <clears throat> we started homeschooling 16 years ago after a series of things happened that brought me to that idea. So let me get a drink of water here. I had a three-year-old and a one-year-old, and I was very interested in doing master's level online classes for a graduate degree. And I wanted to work towards a doctorate degree for natural medicine. That's what I wanted to study. <clears throat> so I would sit around imagining like my kids would go to preschool or go to school and that I would sit around just reading books all day and drinking herbal tea and like learning and learning. And that was like my dream. So at that time, I was really eager to study natural medicine and I was just really excited thinking about it. 
So every time I would go to the computer to register, I would go to the website for the college to register for online classes in natural medicine. And I would feel this surge inside of me that was this big, like, lack of peace. And if your gut can tell you no, my gut was shouting no. And so for two weeks, every time I would try to go to the computer to register for medicine class, medical school class, I would feel this nausea in my stomach every time that I would try to register online. So after like two whole weeks, I finally realized that this was called a lack of peace. And I, my brain finally caught up with what was going on. And so the lack of peace that I was feeling was the way that at that moment that God was guiding me. And I had the realization that I wasn't supposed to enroll in graduate school right then. So once I came to that conclusion, my whole body felt relaxed. The nausea went away. I felt at peace. And so I decided that I would follow that conviction that I felt inside of me that was leading me to wait on that graduate school. So I set that aside and didn't think about it anymore. And at the same time that I put that aside, I began to feel pulled to the idea of teaching my children. And this was not something that somebody told me to do or told me about. Um, Teaching my children, educating them at home was not ever mentioned to me. Um, But the thought kept persisting in my mind. And I felt drawn to books that I had never read. And so I would look them up. And then I would find out that they were about home educating And I would feel this deep calling to educate my own children. And so I want to be clear that this was not my plan. My plan was something very different. And this was a plan that I was being drawn to. And and I'm really glad that I followed that lead and I followed that inclination that I had. And this was my original motivation to home educate my children was following the peace of God guiding me. Other people have had other reasons for choosing to educate their children, and all of them are equally valid, and this was my reason. So a day of school at my house, people ask what does a day of school look like at my house, and in my house, my ages, the ages of my children are 19, 17, 15, 12, 10, and 3. So we usually wake up in the morning and we get our household work finished in the morning. And we do this so that we can enjoy the house and we can enjoy our space and we don't have to be cluttered. We have a clean working space and we can enjoy our day. So household responsibilities are the number one way that we have instilled character and work ethic in our children. This is the section that I referred to as character training. So character training, it takes place all the time, but this is one way that we are intentional about teaching them to do hard things and to do their best. And as you know, if you have children, any hesitation or resistance to working or doing helpful things or chores, it will present itself whenever it's time to do a house task or job. So this becomes the opportunity to instill character and 
into the children, you know, and the window of time for that is very short. There is a very small window of time that you as a parent have to teach your child a work ethic. And it's incredibly important that you do teach them that, no matter how many days it takes. So we do household tasks in the morning. Um, Then we take care of our pet. He's an outside dog. And then we get outside time in nature. So sun and fresh air are essential for the mind, for mental health, for balance, for health of the body, for focus, for everything. Sun and fresh air are essential. We are created um, to be outside. Our natural state is to be outside. So we need that every day. Um, Nature is our favorite classroom. So nature offers us constant observation and ways to learn. There's so much that we can learn through being outside. Uh, Children, they need equally as much time outside as they do inside. Since we are designed to interact with nature in a far greater capacity than we do, um, when we increase our time in nature, it produces positive results. So we will talk much more about this in this chapter or in this later in um, the next episode. So, so far we've talked about number one, character training happens through our household jobs. Number two, nature is a classroom. And number three is academics, which is next. So for studies, I make a list for each child according to their grade level or their age level ability. And in the book that I wrote called Liberated Learning, in the back of the book, there's a resource appendix of lists of all the charts or master lists that we use at home. So there is a studies list there and there's a routine list there as well if you need that. The book will be in ebook form and it will also be in print book form whenever it is out in January. If you hear me pause, it's because I'm getting some water. Um, so when we talk about studies, for the younger children, I work with them one-on-one, of course, through each day lesson. Um, if they're, you know, just starting out to learn how to read. And I do that with them every day till they can read well. So I taught each of my children to read. And only one of my children taught herself how to read when she was four. Um, without anybody asking her to, she picked up a handbook for reading and she looked at all the images in the book and she taught herself to say the sounds because she would hear her sisters every day. So she was able to do that because she's a verbal learner and she could hear and remember. So I taught all of my kids to read from a handbook for reading. Abeka has a wonderful handbook for reading. It makes it very simple. And so I have other children who struggled with reading, who did not, they're not verbal learners. And so they struggled with the sounds and the letters, and they did not have that same um, gravitation to reading until a few years later. But the same result always gets reached, no matter how fast or how slow they go. Uh, Each person's mind has different strengths and weaknesses, and your child will learn at the pace that is best for them. 
This is one of the benefits of having your children learn at home is that there is no shame in taking your time to read or taking longer to learn math. We are not all given the same strength, but we can use our strength to build up others who might need our help. So one of my children who struggled with reading had difficulty to remember how the sounds and the pieces of the words go together. And she saw that um, she had a sister who was a little bit younger and she was fast at learning how to read. And she asked me, the older one asked me, is something wrong? Why can't I read as fast as this other sister? And so I told her that everybody had different strengths and I told her what her, her strengths were and there was a lot of them and I told them that every person has something that's hard for them to do and something that's easy for them to do. And when I explained it to her, she really felt better and she asked me to explain about hers and so I did and she didn't feel bad anymore. She didn't um, feel insecure about it anymore because she realized that everybody has things that, that are hard for them. So eventually, this child came to the exact same proficiency in reading as the other children. It was just took a little more time. So it's always good to give your children a positive word at the moment when they're struggling. Um, for my older children that are in high school, they do their um, their subject work, their schoolwork, um, and I check their work and discuss it with them to see if they understand what they're doing because comprehension is the goal. So they have an online math class where they watch a video and then they have independent work and then I check it at the end of the day. So for my older kids, they do... Um, studies in literature, spelling, grammar, science, history, math, Spanish, and Bible. And they do this by textbook method. And so we just talk about the work. We have a conversation. Um, my high school students also have an option to participate in a co-op for athletics. Um, one of the big, huge myths about homeschooling is that some reason people say that that homeschooled kids don't socialize which is so bizarre because homeschooled kids socialize more than regular school children because socialization is being around others and our children are with us all the time and they are with our family our relatives they're with our <coughs> they're with our co-op um we are part of a co-op for athletics, and they play on sports teams, and they also have academic classes if you want to participate in that. Um, my children think they have enough schoolwork, so they don't go to the co-op academics because we do that at home, but they really do enjoy the volleyball and the sports that the co-op has to offer. Um, our particular co-op meets on weekdays, and they have practice several days a week, and they have a graduation, and they have a prom, and they have all the events, and the kids don't miss out on anything, and so they even have like every Friday a get-together day where the kids can come and play in the gym, and there's so many things that our kids get to do because they're part of a co-op, and the parent gets to determine how much involvement they want to have, and so it's really about parents being the ones who decide and being in charge. 
of what the kids are doing and what they're studying and what they're learning. <clears throat> so, so that's what we do for um, our older high school students. That's the subjects that they do. Um, and I'll talk more about those later on. The elementary students, they work very much independently, but often have questions. And so I'm there to answer their questions, but the really the answers are in each day's lesson. So I just look at the book, show them, you know, where to find it. Um, they have a list for elementary for each subject and what they do for each day, Monday through Friday. So I'll go over it with them and they do reading and they do worksheets. And if there's a new concept, I go over it with them. But they have a desk in their room where they can sit if they want to. Um, sometimes they choose to sit on the bed if they want to spread out. Uh, sometimes on a good weather day, they go outside and they use a blanket um, because, you know, variety is good. Change is good. Um, makes them want to learn. It makes them stay interested when they can move around. <clears throat> so I post a list on the wall for anything that I want them to do in the day. I make a list for the routine. I make a list for their studies. And this helps them to have a little map reminder of what they are going to do throughout the day. So um, I do also have all that in the back of the book, Liberated Learning, if you want to see those lists. Um, I'm looking here to see if there's anything else on that. Okay, so I'll just give you a simplified version of our daily routine. This is very flexible. It's meant to be just a guide, and it can be changed. So we wake up in the morning, and we do something we call morning jobs, which is like brushing our teeth, fixing hair, make the bed, get dressed, all those things. And then they eat breakfast, and they have a house job. So... One person would have dishes, one person would have laundry, and then we assign other jobs as well <clears throat> to one per person. So then after the house job is done, um, they go outside and they do nature, sunshine, fresh air. And then they do that depending on the weather. If it's a great weather day, one hour, two hours. Then they do morning studies. So there's four subjects for morning studies. They can do that outside or inside. Then we have a lunch break and they can eat outside or inside. And then after lunch, it can be, um, we have a list of things they can do for creativity. They can do that outside or inside for creativity. Then we have afternoon studies, which is four um, subjects. Again, four subjects, afternoon studies outside or inside. And then, of course, when their studies are done, they have free play outside. They have music time in the evening. They have a music time for learning and then more free time. So we have a bunch of things that they can do. There's a list I have called things that I can do. If they run out of ideas or they can't think of anything, I give them a whole bunch of options of things that they would like to do. <clears throat> so, um, let's see. The last thing I will mention here today, since we're about thirty minutes now, um, I'll save the I'll save the uh, other last two subjects for the next episode. Um, but the last thing I will mention here is um, about children 
taking a break from studies. Um, as my experience has shown me, every child has their own tolerance level for how long they can sit and do schoolwork for what their attention levels are. So if you watch them, you'll notice patterns in each person and you'll see where their focus starts and then where the focus starts to fade away or trail off. And so we allow our children to take breaks from a study depending on what they need as an individual. For the most part, it is when they complete two subjects. So like reading and writing or reading and spelling. Um, if they complete two subjects and if they want to take a pause, then they can have 15 to 30 minutes and we set a timer and they can pick an activity or they can go outside. Um, if they are feeling like they're, you know, having a hard time staying on track. And there's a lot of things that they can do to stimulate their mind while they are having free time. So you can choose that based on what your kids are interested in, but you can inspire your children when they're young by keeping their free time full of things to do that they think is fun and that they think is interesting and that is not does not involve a screen, that does not involve screen time, uh, that has things where they actually use their mind. They will form the early habit of choosing an activity uh, instead of choosing a TV or instead of choosing a screen. They will form that habit based upon what you offer them, uh, much in the same way as the foods that you offer them. You know, if you offer them three options of what they can have for a snack and they're all foods that are good for them, you know, they'll form that early habit of choosing foods that are good for them and they'll get familiar with it and they'll they'll grow accustomed to it. So I do have a list of things I can do that, that the kids can choose from, things they can do, but I'll share that with you next time so that we don't go too long here. But um, so just as a little bit of a review, um, some of the things that we talked about today is what my family does, you know, from day to day, what caused me to originally decide to homeschool my kids um, was something that I was being drawn to. Um, I believe that it was the guidance of God in my life. And there are a lot of reasons why people choose to home educate. Um, we will talk more about those later. Um, some of them have to do with, you know, particular schools. Parents are unsatisfied. Sometimes their children uh, have special needs. Sometimes people, children are having struggles with bullies or negative influences at the schools. Um, sometimes they need a safe environment to learn. And sometimes children just need a different teaching style than what they have. So um, education can happen any place. Uh, all the information that you need as a resource can be found at hslda.org. Um, this really is easier than you think it is. Um, we have to unlearn the old mentalities that we were taught as kids. And um, also the socialization aspect is home education co-ops or cooperatives where lots of families come together, learn together, meet together. That's a great option. So 
um, that's just a little bit of what we do in our house. Don't forget the five pieces of the learning pie that we talked about earlier. Um, those five pieces are up to you and what percent you want to put them in your family um, throughout your day, but there definitely is way more than one thing. Um, you know, academics is not the only thing that that people learn from. And let me just go over those five one more time. Um, number one, character training. Number two, nature exploration. Number three, academic. Number four, musical learning. And number five, your individual element. So write those down, think about them, and start thinking about how your kids can learn and be so much better prepared for life based upon those five things instead of just academics in a classroom. Your children will thank you for it, and they will be much happier children if you do allow them that flexibility. So I guess that will be all for today. And um, next time I will do episode four on the same topic, and we will talk about the power of the culture and how very much influence you hold in your hands as you lead your children. So for today, thank you for listening. I hope you find some helpful nuggets in there and that will give you practical tools to help you overcome. And until next time, take care. God bless.